this is the 11th edition of TNA Impact Wrestling Analysis. My name is Levi D. Smith, and I'm coming to you from the Knoxville, Tennessee area. Welcome, everyone. It sounds like we're going to have a great episode of Impact Wrestling tonight. Austin Aries is going to announce which title he's going to compete for. We're also going to hear the stipulation for the final match in the series of matches between the Wolves, Team 3D, and the Hardys. Also, we got a knockouts title match between Gil Kim and Havoc. Yeah, so the show just opened up with a promo from Bobby Roode, and he says he's actually going to make a decision on the future of his career tonight. And also, uh, they're back in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. They're at the Sands Casino. And the first noticeable thing is that they didn't bring the Tron back, the big, huge Tron with the entrance videos or anything. So it looks like they're using the same setup for the tapings at the Manhattan Center. So, I don't know. I think that Trons add a little bit more to the show, but I don't think it's horrible that they didn't have it. I mean, it might be a cost-savings measure to not have to haul and put together that huge Tron. I'm sure they got to pay people to put it up and set it up and all that. So, yeah, I don't think it's uh, too much of a hindrance not having the Tron on the show. So Austin Aries came out, and he has to make his decision for which title he's going to compete for. And he started asking the fans, he's like, oh, which championship should I compete for? The Knockouts Championship, the Tag Team Championships, or the X Division Championship? And right when he said the X Division title, Samoa Joe came out and confronted Austin Aries. And he's like, oh, yes, if you're going to challenge anyone, you're going to challenge me. He said, yeah, there isn't two better competitors in the ring than Austin Aries and Samoa Joe, and... They said, yeah, let's get it on right now. So, surprise impromptu match right at the start of the show. So, a great match between Austin Aries and Samoa Joe. We're seeing the power and brutality of Samoa Joe going up against the agility of Austin Aries. And i got to say, it's nice to have a change of environment. The fans in Pennsylvania seem like they're really into the match tonight. This match has had some really great action. We saw Austin Aries. He tried to go out and do a suicide dive to the outside when Joe was on the outside. But Joe caught him with a kick to the face right when he's coming through the ring ropes. And then Austin Aries tries to put the last chancery on Samoa Joe. And he's successful for a while, but Joe was able to battle out. Fought back and forth. And then Joe ends up on the outside again. Then Austin Aries was able to hit Samoa Joe with the suicide dive. He got him back in the ring. He delivered a couple of flying kicks to the face, but it still was not enough to put Samoa Joe away. Austin Aries one more time tries to put the last chancery on Samoa Joe, but Samoa Joe was able to reverse it into the Kahina Clutch, and that was just too much for Austin Aries, and he's about to pass out, so he just tapped out so he could fight on for another day. So Samoa Joe was able to retain his X-Division title. You just saw a great match between Eric Young and EC3. And before the match, EC3 was in the ring. He started chastising Rockstar Spud, blaming him for the reason why Dixie Carter got put through a table. And then Eric Young comes out and tells Rockstar Spud that he was in his same exact position years ago and he just has to listen to the fans and be his own man and stand up to ec3 so it's led to an impromptu match and back and forth between the two a lot of great action 
And then at the end, Rockstar Spud, he actually helps EC3. He's a little bit reluctant, but he put EC3's foot on the ropes when Eric Young had him covered for the pin. And then Eric Young tried to put the pile driver on EC3, but unfortunately the referee had his back turned. EC3 hit Eric Young with a low blow and got the 1-2-3 on Eric Young. So EC3, Ethan Carter III, was victorious. Yo Kim came out to defend her knockout championship against Havoc, but as she was making her way to the ring, Havoc came up from behind and nailed Yo Kim with a hit from behind and knocked Yo Kim out. And Havoc at this point, she just did not let up on Yo Kim at all. She just totally wore out. She was throwing her into the ring post on the outside of the ring, slamming her to the on the outside of the ring to the ground. And the two of them, they just never did even get in the ring, so the bell never did sound to start the match. So, so far, it's like the match hasn't even taken place yet. So, Go Kim looks like she's in bad condition, so we'll have to see if she'll be able to compete later tonight. Saw the Wolves out in the ring, and they're about to announce the stipulation for the final match in the tag team series, and then they were confronted by both Team 3D and the Hardys, and both teams that were proclaiming that they were the best tag team wrestlers of all time, and then in the end, everything just broke down, and we actually saw Kurt Angle return, and Kurt Angle was on impact, and he told the Wolves to select which type of match they want for the final match now. And then Eddie Edwards said, we have tables, we have ladders, we have chairs. Why not make it a full metal mayhem match? So that match will be coming up soon. And I got to say, uh, the Wolves, they came out and gave a promo. And I've never really heard the Wolves talk that much before. I might have heard them talk a little bit in a few backstage segments. But I got to say... Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, they gave a really good promo tonight. I was really impressed with the work that they did, uh, keeping up with Team 3D and the Hardys out there. So, good job to those guys. This was followed up with a backstage segment. We saw Mr. Anderson and Chris Melendez. They confronted MVP and Kenny King, and then it sounds like they're going to get it on. So we saw a backstage segment with Gail Kim, and she's convinced, even against Doctor's orders, she's convinced that she will wrestle Havoc tonight for the championship. This was followed up by Cowboy James Storm leading both the Great Sonata and the new Manic out to the ring. And Manic, i got to say, I really like his new look. Uh, got tired of the old suicide outfit. So I think this has been a great change for him. And Manic is facing Shark Boy, a longtime TNA roster member of Shark Boy, off and on throughout the years. But it's always good to see Shark Boy back, making his return tonight. And Shark Boy, former member of the Prince Justice Brotherhood. Yeah, he took on the personality of a well-known Texas rattlesnake a few years. Uh, a little bit fuzzy on the details, but somehow he got knocked out and he had amnesia. And uh, the other little sharkies were around him. And when he came to, he just had this new stone-cold personality. And he uses catch lines such as, Give me a shell, yeah, and that's the fishing line, because Shark Boy said so. 
So, Manic looked very impressive in the ring. Really didn't give Shark Boy a chance. Shark Boy got a little bit of offense in there, but uh, looks like he was gassed a little bit, coughing. I don't know, just a little bit out of shape there. He isn't the same Shark Boy that we've seen in the past. But anyway, Manic picks up the victory. Saw a pretty good match between MVP and Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson had the Sarge Chris Melendez in his corner, and Kenny King was in the corner of MVP. And pretty good match. And at the very end, Kenny King got up on the mat and provided distraction for MVP. And Chris Melendez got in there and kind of knocked Kenny King off the mat there, but it was too late. Anderson was already distracted, and MVP rolled Anderson up for the win. Bobby Roode is out in the ring giving a promo, talking about how he's the longest reigning world heavyweight champion in TNA's history, and he calls out Lashley. Lashley comes up out to the ring, and yeah, it looks like Lashley has a new tattoo on his arm, looks sort of like a Viking or something like that. So, Bobby Reed challenges Lashley for one more match, and before Lashley could answer, MVP interjected himself and said, No, Lashley, he's not going to give you one more shot. His answer is no. So, he kind of got in between them and led Lashley out of the ring. So, it looks like Lashley really did want to give Reed one more shot. So, we'll see if there's one more confrontation between the two. And then backstage, there were bandaging Gail Kim up so it looks like the championship match is on for tonight so we saw the knockouts in the main event of impact tonight for the knockouts championship and we saw Gail Kim came out and she was bandaged and she was still hurting favoring her arm and she got in the ring and defended her championship. Then Havoc came out. I was really impressed. They had the smoke and the red lighting. It gives her more of a sinister look when she came out. And, yeah, Havoc just took it to Gail Kim. Gail Kim didn't have very much offense at all. She was still hurting from the beatdown that she got earlier in the night. And everything was just going Havoc's way. And she put on her slam to the ground. I don't know what they call that. They need to give that a name. But she also put Gail Kim... Uh, she gave her a choke slam, and it was just all over after that. So, Havoc is now your new Knockouts champion. So, I don't know. Havoc hasn't been around that long, but you also have to remember when Gail Kim debuted for the competition. I guess it was like over a decade ago. Gail Kim won their women's championship on her very first night. So, yeah, I don't have anything against Havoc winning the championship like so soon. Uh, she is really uh, defined herself on the independent scene, so she's she's not a rookie. So I think she's definitely paid her dues, and I think she is a very is very deserving of the Knockouts Championship. So I think yeah, it'll be better with Havoc as the champion and having somebody like Go Kim or maybe another Knockout chasing Havoc for the Knockouts Championship. So now it's time for This Week in Impact Wrestling History. So this week I'm going to devote the whole segment to this day, October 1st, 2005, nine years ago. And on this day, nine years ago, was the very first ever Impact Wrestling episode on Spike TV. So this 
was a game-changing episode for Impact Wrestling. Now, they did have, they started out with the weekly Wednesday pay-per-views when they started out in 2002. They did that for a while. Then they moved to Fox Sports Net, but they really didn't have that great of a time slot. I remember it came on Fridays, like at 3 p.m. I remember I tried to get off work sometimes and, and watch it then, or I'd try to tape it and watch it later, but it just really wasn't a good time slot. So, this was, it wasn't prime time, but it was uh, Saturday night, I believe, around 11 or 12 p.m., but uh, it's a big move for Impact Wrestling, and I'm going to go over this show, uh, not in depth, but uh, just the highlights of this show. It opened up with AJ Styles defeating Roderick Strong, and Christopher Daniels, he was also at ringside uh, getting himself involved with the match. Saw an interview with Shane Douglas and Monty Brown. Raven was backstage. And I remember before this show, Raven was the NWA TNA champion. And Jeff Jarrett made a pledge that Raven would not be champion uh, once they moved to Spike TV. So I remember there was like a house show or something. I think it was uh, hosted by Scott Demore, But Jeff Jarrett defeated Raven for the NWA TNA Championship. And he was champion during their move to Spike TV. There was also a triple threat match featuring X Division talent. Chris Sabin, he defeated Alex Shelley and Pity Williams. And Pity Williams put the Canadian Destroyer on Chris Sabin after the match. And also there was a backstage segment with Tito Ortiz. He confronted the director of authority, Larry Zabisco. And people may remember Tito Ortiz about a year ago as the August 1 warning. But a lot of people probably forget that Tito Ortiz was in TNA years ago, back in 2005. He was actually introduced as the special guest referee for the match at Hard Justice back in 2005. In the main event, he was the referee between Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles. Also, the alpha male Monty Brown defeated Lex Lovett with the pounce. There was also on this impact a segment with the three live crew, which was composed of BG James, Conan, and Ron the Truth Killings. And in the main event, Jeff Hardy defeated Rhino by disqualification. And then after that, uh, there was a segment in the ring. Jeff Jarrett, he came out with America's Most Wanted. They soon formed an alliance with Team Canada, which was led by Scott Demore and had personalities who are still in TNA today, such as Eric Young and Bobby Reed. After they were in the ring... The three live crew, they came out and confronted Jeff Jarrett and his stable. And they started brawling in the ring. And then a new team debuted, a new tag team debuted in TNA on this episode, which was Team 3D, the same Team 3D that's going to be inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame at Bound for Glory later this month. They made their debut on this October 1st episode of Impact. And also, we saw the return of Kevin Nash to TNA Impact Wrestling. He came out and uh, powerbombed Jeff Jarrett. So, 
really great. I still remember to this day a great episode of Impact on October 1st, 2005. Now it's time for the ratings. So the ratings for the last episode of Impact Wrestling on September 26, 2014. Uh, Impact Wrestling had 969,000 viewers in the United States. On Challenge TV in the UK, Impact had 122,000 viewers. Now it's time for news and rumors. So, it had been previously reported on Impact's website that Josh Matthews, a commentator and backstage interviewer for the competition... It was spotted at TNA headquarters in Nashville. So now it sounds like he's actually helping produce some segments uh, for TNA's YouTube channel. Uh, Today, TNA posted an I'm with Spud video, where Spud sort of just promotes the upcoming episode of Impact. I thought it was really well done, and apparently Josh Matthews helped produce that segment. So I think that's great. Uh, TNA's YouTube channel... Uh, has just gone to the pits lately. Uh, really nothing much going on there. Uh, not saying there's anything they can really do about it, because I know they lost Jimmy J, and Jimmy J always pr- uh, produced a lot of content, videos for their YouTube channel, like promoting the latest deals on Shop TNA and other things. And also, um, I know Jeremy Borash, he's busy right now, producing British Boot Camp too. So Jeremy Borash, he's always been great producing content for the TNA YouTube channel, such as Spin Cycle and formerly the Impact Podcast and all sorts of just great content for the YouTube channel. But lately there's been nothing. So hopefully with them bringing in Josh Matthews, they'll start producing some more video content online. So in other news... Magnus and Mickey James have announced that they're having a baby. The first episode of The Amazing Race with Robbie E. and Brooke Adams aired, and they are still in the competition. They started out last. They weren't doing too well, but they were able to get back in the game, made it forth, so they're continuing on with The Amazing Race competition, which can be seen on the CBS Network. It has been rumored that Ring of Honor commentator Bobby Cruz has met with TNA officials concerning a position with the company. The full card for Bound for Glory has been announced. We'll see the Great Muda team up with Tajiri to take on James Storm and the Great Sonata. Samoa Joe will compete against Loki and Kaz Hayashi for the X-Division title. Havoc will take on Velvet Sky. Team 3D will take on Abyss and Tommy Dreamer. Manic will go up against Minoru Tanaka. EC3, Ethan Carter III, will take on Ryota Hama. MVP will go up against Kazma Sakamoto. And finally, Andy Wu and Hijo del Pantera takes on Kushiro Ikemenjiro and Yusuke Kodama. 
So I'm actually really liking this Bound for Glory card this year. Now, it doesn't have a lot of storyline build up. It's like a non-canon pay-per-view. But it reminds me a lot of Global Impact Japan back in 2008. It was a pay-per-view that featured both TNA and New Japan talent going up against each other at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, this pay-per-view, it's not going to be as big as Wrestle Kingdom because Wrestle Kingdom has like 40,000 people or so. Might be a few thousand people show up for Bound for Glory this year. But it, I, I just like the international talent going up against the TNA talent. It's fresh, something new, new personalities to get to know, just new talent guarantee you'll see new things so i'm also looking forward to seeing some talent that i haven't seen in over a decade such as kaz hayashi i remember watching him on wcw monday nitro years ago he was actually a part of the young dragons with jimmy yang and i remember they had a brief feud with three count which led to a great series of matches and other talent that i'm looking forward to seeing such as hama uh, he's a former sumo wrestler, so we haven't seen a sumo wrestler in TNA since around 2007 when Junior Fatu, also known as Rikishi, made a brief run with the company. And while Junior Fatu may not have been a true sumo wrestler, he's actually Samoan, He that was definitely his gimmick, and he definitely fit the type. Next month, in November 2014, TNA will be airing two knockouts pay-per-views. The first is Unfinished Business featuring the beautiful people. The other is Knockouts Knockdown, one night only. So that's all the show for this week. I appreciate everyone listening. And remember to follow Podcast TNA for all the latest updates. And I may not have a show next week because I'm actually going over to Japan. I'm actually going to try to go to Bound for Glory, I believe. Uh, have someone who will be able to get me a ticket for the event. So I'll be headed over there. I'm sure I'll really enjoy the time in Japan. So hopefully I'll have a lot to talk about when I get back. So I'll be back later this month.